Coach V Show. Welcome to the Coach V Show, your Hollywood radio show for personal development here on Island City, where the beach meets the streets, where we are featuring tonight one of my favorite Pomona brothers and one of my favorite teachers in America, Mr. Roddy Layton, who is the principal at Gary High School. Well, he will be talking to us about all the life lessons he learned by being a player uh, in sports, learning from sports, having his girlfriend get pregnant at 17 and had their second child, then going back to school, but then end up where it is that he is today, also experiencing a Cotton Bowl championship and Rose Bowl championship at USC and all the life lessons that come with. Thank you so much for tuning in. Now a word from our sponsor. Say for things to change. Say I must change. Say if I don't change. Say nothing changes. Say if I do change. Who's ready to get better? to go by is character, choices, and champions. What it is that you, me, and we do for ourselves brings progress. What we do for others brings fulfillment, and what we do in both earns success. You are now tuned in to the Coach V Show. Welcome to the Coach V Show. Your Hollywood radio show for personal development with expert insights and interviews to help you, me, and we work to be our best and live our best life. Bringing for your consideration tonight with Mr. Roddy Layton, uh, success frameworks, behavioral models, and life lessons so that if you find it to be valuable that you could extract and deploy all over your life leadership in business. Our guest tonight, as I just alluded to, Mr. Roddy Layton, who is the principal at Gary High School, who graduated from the G High School in Pomona, Ganesha High in Pomona, California, and in high school, recruited for both football and baseball, but was a Prop 48. He is self-defined as a class clown of his senior class and did not graduate and was a teenage father of two and did not read a book until he was 19 years old. After working odd jobs, returned to night school at Mount San Antonio Community College, played football at Mount SAC for two years and was recognized for the highest GPA on the team. While still a student at Mount SAC, began tutoring math and found the passion to help others and won several academic awards at Mount San Antonio College. Transferred to the USC and was a member of the 1995 Cotton Bowl champions and 1996 Rose Bowl champions. Graduated from UC, USC with honors and began teaching career, coached softball, and guided three teams to place top 10 in nationals. Returned to Mount Sac to coach football, recruited and coached for former NFL great Delaney Walker, became the head coach at Diamond Ranch High School, 
At, at Diamond Ranch High School, he experienced 18 playoff games, five CIF quarterfinals, three CIF semifinals, <clears throat> two CIF championship appearances, two Hall of Fame game MVPs, Brandon Edwards and Gus Vermontes, two CIF character award winners, Corey Hines and Andrew Fisher, and one California State Heisman Trophy winner, who was Andrew Fisher, former principal at Simons Middle School, which he was at just prior to now serving as principal at Gary High School, which got the gold PBIS school and avid national demonstration school, currently as the principal at Gary High School, founder of the Four Pillars program, which I love ever mm -hmm. since the first time Roddy introduced it to me, leadership, character, knowledge, and community. Roddy's Readers Book Club, providing reading books to students to build personal home libraries. He has spoken nationally to both high school and community college students. And Roddy Layton is inspired by all God has inspired. Coach V Show family, welcome to the show, your boy, Mr. Roddy Layton. Brother Roddy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Coach V, you know, I'm glad to be here. I love talking to you, man. Every time I talk to you, I just feel like I'm a better person. So uh, I appreciate it. And no, I steal I so much of your stuff. So many, so many, so many uh, little cliches I get from you uh, that I share. And uh, I just want to thank you for always sharing your wealth and knowledge. Oh, brother, iron sharpens iron. Know that you have yeah. the same impact and influence on me as well. God is good. And, and in that, let, let's start with just telling your story and your Genesis point. Where's Roddy Layton from? Where were you born? Talk family, however you want to start. But let's yeah. let, let's make sure the the audience knows who Roddy Layton is. Yeah, well, I, I am a uh, proud to be a PUSD, Ganesha High. I know at Gary, they hate when I say the real G high. I'll just keep it, <laughs> keep it neutral and say Ganesha High School. Uh, uh, not just self-proclaimed, but I literally am in the yearbook as the class clown. Yeah, uh, I did yep. graduate, though. I did get, I get to walk, uh, but I, I was not an avid reader. That was one of my biggest struggles when I was younger. Um, you know, so I, I really K through 12 was a struggle in school. Uh, just was not not a place I wanted to be. Uh, you know, started started cutting class and then eventually just taking the whole days off. And and that put me in academic trouble. Uh, mm. As much as everyone associates me with an athlete at Ganesha, I only played my junior year, both football and baseball. I, wow. I, I didn't get to complete my freshman year of football. I didn't even get to play football my sophomore year. And I didn't even get to play baseball my senior year because of academics. So um, you know, uh, I was 17 when I found out my girlfriend, you know, current wife was pregnant and, um, you know, by 19, I was having my second child and, and, and I was just, uh, really kind of get into reading and I completed my first book at 19 and, uh, was working warehouse construction, odd jobs, security, whatever I could pick up. And, um, Started taking evening classes back at Mount Sac. Uh, uh, Dwayne Walker, who went on to be a, a head coach at the Division One level, has coached the NFL and uh, been coordinators for major programs. He he kind of convinced me to come back to community college, and then you know Tom Moore, then the legendary Bill Fisk, mm. and uh, and then of course Evan Roderick, the academic advisor at Mount Sac. They all sat me down, convinced me to come back to to school in the evening, and. Uh, I thought like, cool, I'll come back out and play football. And, and probably the best talk I ever had was me not talking. It was Evans Roderick, the mm -hmm. academic advisor 
Uh, he told me that I could go to any other community college if I wanted to play football. If I'm going to come to Mount Sac, I'm going to go to school for a year. He said, you could barely graduate high school and you had no responsibilities. Now you're working two jobs. You have two mm. kids and, and you think you're going to come here and, and just play football, go to school for a year, prove it. And uh, in that year, I took eight classes, had six A's and two B's. Mm. And, um, you know, uh, from that point on, it was like, I'm never going to have a B again. And the struggles in the B you know, one of them was an English class. Uh, I was still learning how to read and write uh, to this day. I never learned how to write in cursive. Um, you know, so I had a lot of catching up to do. Uh, but after that, I was reading everything. You know, as a kid, it was like a bag of cereal. So I couldn't read the back of a cereal box. But when I got older, I could I could afford now box cereal. So I started reading the, the back of a cereal box. I would read a newspaper. I'd read a magazine. And and uh, it really just became my second chance. And and uh, I really say Mount Sac probably had a bigger uh development on me as a young man that even USC did and mm. it was there that I learned how to be a student mm. and um and not just a student in the classroom the student of the game of football the student of the game of life and uh, I think that's I've always been highly competitive and um I, I realized the impact that the education allowed me um or had for me it, it changed the way my wife and I were able to raise our children it, it gave me an opportunity to travel out of state um and from that point on I was like I, I I'm sure there's a lot of young Roddy Laytons with athletic talent um I'm gonna try to find them and nurture them and because not everyone took my road completed the hill you know that's um, right you know so um that just became my passion so uh, I, I said one of my turning points, though, was there was a newspaper article in our local paper that was kind of covering me all the way through high school. And it was a where is he now? And um, I remember at the time I was working uh, uh, two different jobs. I was on my second job on a weekend. And, you know, when I say I can't read, I mean, I, I, I struggle, but I could read enough to get through a paper and know what it was saying. But I just felt like it was a, uh, a public display of just people saying what a waste of talent. And mm. I, was, I think I felt that was my rock bottom. I had a, a couple of friends uh, pass away, incarcerated, had a, a two family major incidents. My brother got in a motorcycle accident, becoming a quadriplegic. It was just everything crashed down so hard that when I had the opportunity to go back to a community college in the evening and start working back up, you know, sometimes when you hit rock bottom, that's the best place to be because you know what that rock is? A strong foundation. You know, and I found the Lord again, at that Ronnie. time. When you hit Say rock bottom, when you hit rock bottom, that's a good foundation. It's on. It's not on soil. It's not on dirt. It's not loosening mm. up. You're at the bottom. So everything you building, everything you erect from that point on, it's on rock foundation. And, yes, and you know, I found my rock, and that was it. And um, you know, I, I got to contribute. I had a lot of support. Obviously, my wife. You know, she's been the biggest pusher in my life. My best friend. Um, you know, my parents came in and supported, my, my in-laws came in and supported, um, you know, to have, you know, coaches uh, and, and professors at, at Mount Sac, um, and then later at USC to encourage me. And when they inspired me, um, you know, I, I, I think that I, I just always want to give it back. I used to say I'm a, I'm a, I took 13 years out of the public school system kindergarten through 12th grade, I used to always say, I'm going to work 13 years and give it back. I'm now on my 27th year. I love mm. it. I woke up at 427 like I do every morning. I uh, love it. I wake up excited. I'm ready to go to work. Um, you know, where some people like, this student doesn't care. They're not trying. I'm like, that, that student cares deep down because that student is me. You know, mm. I, I know that student. So, um, 
I love what I do. You know, I, I love it. That is awesome. Let's start. Let's start with probably a, a relationship, because I met your wife. Huge fan. What an amazing person. You two are just amazing folks. You know, great spirit, great vibes, good energy, good smile. I mean, all of that. Yeah. So, so how is that? How is having you two go through like this? Oh, damn. Yeah. You know, we're expecting a kid. Yeah. Now you guys have grandchildren, house. Where are you guys living now? Where are you guys we're living? In, we're in Eastvale. Eastvale. I know suburbs, that. There was no suburbs. Eastvale when yeah. we were kids, yeah. right? Yeah, I mean, yeah. that's, that's right in between um, the, 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 the west, western border of Ontario and then probably Norco, right? Somewhere Norco, around there. Corona, yeah. Yeah, yeah, like Corona, Corona area. Corona, yeah, yeah. So, so you guys got a house now, but started yeah. off in an apartment probably oh, yeah. in Pomona oh, yeah. or Montclair, right? Was yeah, it Montclair? Yeah. But we, we've lived in multiple homes in Pomona. We live yeah, in an yeah. apartment in Montclair. Yeah. So talk we, about been... that journey, man. I mean, and you guys have stuck with it. You yeah. guys, after going, uh-oh, or like that, oh, shit moment, right? Yeah, yeah. And then, then you had two. You went. You were yeah. working multiple uh -oh, jobs. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. How, how, how was that relationship? Uh, well, you um, know what? I, I This is why I'm such an advocate uh, of team sports. You know, pe people think... You know, for me, there's 88 positions to 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 get on the football field. You know, to, when you say that again, special, 88 positions, 88, yeah. 88 opportunities to get on that field. Yeah. And uh, you know, I have an older sister who works in the Hollywood industry. I always say, watch the end credits. A everyone knows the stars. Watch the end credits. Find out who the key grip is. Find out who the 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 person carrying the mic or the lighting. There's a lot of there's a lot of positions you know, as I call it, to make one film, a great film. Now everyone knows yeah. the producer, the director, the writer, and the actors, but it takes a lot. 88 opportunities to get on a football field, but there's other positions. I mean, we need a service squad. We need a scout team that's going to get us ready for the next game. And here's why I'm an advocate for team sports, because my wife is a cheerleader. What you learn through sports is life. When people say ball is life, and they, they just mm -hmm. think I'm going to just play ball, it's life because I learned how to make a sacrifice uh, uh, you know, I learned to make a commitment, you know, uh, uh, Saturday mornings, we used to have football practice. My friends were watching the Smurfs. I, I, I was, I was getting up and going to football practice. Yeah. I didn't miss practice because I was committed to the team. I learned to work with, uh, uh diversity through adversity. Mm. These are all things that I learned that I could apply to a marriage. And my wife, you know, she comes from the, you know, cheerleading is a team sport to me too. You have to be in sync. So you have two people that they'd have a same drive and work ethic that, you know, we had to work through, uh, you know, we got to, we had to sacrifice, you know, I mean, Hey, I want to do it this way. She wants to do it that way. You know, well, we're going to do it her way. That's my sacrifice. You know? <laughs> so, um, but, you know, we, we stayed committed to each other and that's working through diversity and, and you know, with diversity and, and through uh, adversity. I mean, you know, she, she is, you know, she's from a, a different country, uh, speaks a different language, speaks different religion. And even little things like we both celebrate Christmas, but how we celebrate is different. Mm. For her, it's yeah. Christmas Eve, it's loud music, it's dancing, it's 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 margaritas, you know. Yeah, yeah. My family is a little bit a little bit more Christmas morning quiet with Nat King Cole in the background. So uh -uh, right. you know that that's that's the diversity part, learning to blend the two cultures into one. And then the adversity was, yeah, we had a lot of challenges. 17, we're pregnant, you know. And then just turning, uh, you know, uh, you know, here we are at 18 again, and I got to go back and like, now we're about to have a second one. 
you know, and, and I'm, I'm glad I have both my children. And then where are we going to live? How are we going to make rent? Um, you know, at the time I was still kind of, you know, doing some things running around the street where she's like, I, you know, Hey, I'm not going to bring this here. Uh, and you need to quit or I'm out, you know, and, and, and she was just not a quitter, but she was like, you need to be better. You're a father of two now. And, um, you know, there was definitely tough times, but you know, we're going on 32 years of marriage. Never have I had to go back and stay with my parents. Never have I been like, I'm, you know, I got to sleep on the couch, you know, this is, you know, when, when young men and women join team sport, I know everyone's like, well, I'm trying to get that D1 scholarly. I'm trying to, you know, get to the next level, man, enjoy and love the grind. What you're getting will go beyond your years of playing because Real you're tough. learning how to be committed to another person, to a partner. We make sacrifices as parents. You know, we got to get up early. I got to go to dance practice or soccer practice or football or baseball or basketball, whatever it may be for your children. Well, those are things I was learning at six, seven, eight, nine years, 10 years old, you know, and all the way through. So, yeah, we've had, you know, uh, uh, times where it's been a challenge. We've had times where, um, you know, which bill are we going to pay? What's more important, the lights on or the water off? I mean, this, this is my, my daughter was born on Medi-Cal, welfare, WIC. Uh, uh, her first, I mean, my daughter's first picture in the entire picture history that, you know, everyone has now through social media. Her first picture ever taken in the world is she's wearing something that says Pomona Valley Hospital across the chest because we were on Medi-Cal. We, we didn't have a blanket. We didn't know they were going to take a picture. So when she was first born, you know, they take a picture. You know, that's like government shirt. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you, you know, like they should have just put the block cheese next to her and said, here, <laughs> this is what you want, you know. And then so for my son. Uh, his first day, you know, we were living on 9th Street in Pomona at the time. His first day on earth, uh, same thing. We were still on Medi-Cal, welfare and WIC. And, you know, we we come home. I, we, we didn't even get to stay 24 hours. Like the, the, the my son was born 1.33 in the morning. By 9, 10 in the morning, we were being released. They were telling wife, you got to go home. It's, this is Medi-Cal. You know, what are you going to do? Yeah. But when we get home, the electricity and the water have been cut off. My wife had just delivered a baby. You need access to water and, and hygiene. And I, that's my son's first day of life coming home mm. to, uh, we were renting one room in a, in a one bedroom house, uh, uh, you know, very thankful for it. And, and, you know, sometimes bills just got higher than we could afford. And, and you know, with, with the baby on the way, you know, I, I don't remember why, you know, it got cut off or whatever, but my children, you know, uh, my daughter, again, the government stamp Pomona Valley Hospital on her chest and her fi- first picture of life, my son's first day of life being born on Medi-Cal Welfare WIC, uh, uh, coming home to a house with no walk, no water, no electricity. Um, my children have seen the world now. They, they, they've, been, they've been inside the Roman Coliseum, the Vatican, the up the Eiffel Tower, uh, Big Ben, uh, you know, the New York Statue of Liberty. I mean, that's been a grind but it's been a blessing. Mm. So, you know, when, you know, that song started at the bottom, now we're here, right? Yeah, you know yeah, I mean, yeah, that, yeah. that's it. But again, when you hit rock bottom, that foundation that's is strong. Foundation. You just keep building up, you know? And, and like I said, our rock has been my faith, my, my wife. Uh, like I said, she's my best friend, my children. Uh, you know, I say it all the time. People are like, man, like you get up at 427 every morning. Why 427? I said, because someone's getting up at 430. I'm up three minutes before them. But, but you know, I, I, I truly believe this. Like, you know, I prayed one time, like, God, keep, keep giving me the strength to get up early. 
And I wake up every morning before I step my feet, before my feet hit the floor, I'm already thanking God. Like, thank you for letting me wake up because mm. I, I've been in the hospital. I, I just, you know, this last week, I just lost a friend overnight. Uh, I've been in the hospital where, you know, you, you're being told someone's not going to make it. You know, I, I made it. I got a, I got a brother who's a quadriplegic. He, my brother would give anything. He, he would sell his house, whatever he had to do to just get up and, and walk in the morning. Mm. You know, I've been blessed with that. The way I see it is I could picture my grandparents praying over me before I was born. You know, people like, you want a boy, you want a girl. I just want a healthy baby. I could picture my grandparents praying over me before I was born. So I was being blessed in the womb. And, uh, you know, I, I didn't always run that life, but, uh, you know, for me, it's, it's, I wake up at 427 because I feel like I'm blessed with, with energy, with strength, uh, with motivation. And I used to think this is where my maturity has occurred. I used to think people like, man, how, how are you doing two jobs and going to school and married with two kids and playing football? Like, I don't think about it. I just do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I used to think this is where my maturity has, has developed into the last few years. I used to think that's me. I'm a grinder because I work hard. You, know, yeah, yeah. you don't want it as bad as me. I, I run heels on the weekend. I, I thought it was all me. What I didn't understand is that healthy baby prayer in the womb, well, that's God's gift. My arms and legs are God's gift. The feet that got me running up and down the football field were God's gift. The hands mm. that don't drop a football, God's gift. I hand coordination, God's gift. But so is my drive. So is my motivation. So is my energy. And that's why I say everything God does is good. And we all know that. But uh, um, to, to be hungry, to, you know, I mean, I was living in Mount Sac. Uh, um, I mean, I, I used to buy the, the egg noodles. Yeah, know, yeah. Nine, nine cents. You see, you know, you already know the egg noodles, some rice, yeah. some potatoes. Sometimes it'd be the ketchup packets from 7-Eleven or Jack in a Box or, or a can of uh, uh, tomato sauce or, you know, a top ramen tomato sauce. That's spaghetti dinner back in the day. But yeah. I had one Tupperware. I would make uh, the egg noodles with tomato sauce or ketchup or, you know, some rice and potatoes, you know, the real cheap starchy foods. And I would walk around Mount Sac and I'd go from my job to Mount Sac and I would eat that. And after football practice, I would go there and Mount Sac had peanut butter jelly sandwiches. Like I lived yep. on that for three years, like that hunger. Like when I see food right now, I, I feel like I'm still hungry from my childhood. Uh. That, that hunger uh, um, just turned to desire. And that desire was like, I'm going to be, you know, I, I can only maximize, even though, you know, I've been blessed with athleticism but I could only maximize so much with my height and my weight and my strength and my speed. But my mind, I felt like there's no limits. Mm. And that's when I learned to not be a coach and see the game through a player. I'm saying not to be a player and not see the game through as a player's eyes, but then it came through a coach's eyes and through a coach's eyes, there's no restrictions for me. I could learn anything. Now it's inspiring the youth. Mm -hmm. you know, I know you want to go to this college, but you have the grades to go to this school. You know, right. I know you're struggling right now, but look, there's still a pathway. We could get you to community college and get you right there. And um, like I said, I, I wake up every morning super excited. You know, e even if it's like not even working with athletes anymore, I'm the principal of an entire school. We got band, we got drama, we got cheer, we got avid. I mean, I, I wake up every morning. I'm, you know, like I said, I'm I'm excited. You know, yeah, so, yeah. Did did you did you play for Norvell as well? I did. So I played with Coach Dave Huey my junior year. Yep. Um, I, I am a part of a program that ended the streak of the number, I think it was 18 years straight, Ganesha had made the playoffs. Mm -hmm. So I watched Coach Dave Huey win a CIF championship. 
And then my junior year, we did not make the playoffs. Now, I had a great year. I was all league, all Inland Empire, all Valley, all this. And I wasn't even happy because, you know, we, we, didn't, we didn't win. Yeah. And then my senior year, Norvell returned, um, and we, we went back to winning. Um, we got back in the playoffs, and Coach Dave Huey was an inspiration for me. It worked well. But I did play under Gary Norvell uh, my senior year. Um, and, you know, I, I got to play under him. And like I said, at Mount Sac, uh, the legend, Bill Fisk, uh, you know, rest in peace. I got to play with him and, and, you know, he inspired me. And then I got to play under John Robinson at USC. Um, I mean, you know, at the high school, local level, Gary Norvell is a legend. Yes. Uh, at the community college level, uh, Bill Fisk, you know, Mountie Bill, no uh, All-American USC, grandfather, you know, his dad was a, a All-American USC. I mean, to be a part of Mountie Bills, uh, uh, you know, I got to play for him and coach with him. Mm-hmm. And um, and then, you know, USC to be in John Robinson's second 10 year. Um, I mean, you're talking about at every level, whether it's the local high school level, the community college level, the state level or a national collegiate level. I, I got to be on the sidelines of some really good coaches. And John Robinson told me, I'm lucky. He says, see, you're like me. He played at the University of Oregon. He said, I hardly got on the field either. That's how I learned how to be such a great coach. So I joke <laughs> with that when I sat on the right. sideline next to him, you know, you know, because I was doing a lot of watching at USC, you know, I was doing a lot of observing, you know, I was in uniform, but a lot more observing than I was playing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, what are some life lessons? Because uh, Norvell was the first guy as well, that saw something in me that I, I I didn't see in me, and it was pretty crushing at first for me because um, Penn and Yona, Eric Jennings, you know, Eric Jennings is an yeah, All American yeah. at Mount yeah. and yeah. he went on to A and M and Yona. Yeah. I mean, legends. I mean, these guys are yeah. legends. That oh yeah, and they and they were all playing, you know, starting on varsity as a sophomore, and and Norvell said, oh, you know what, uh, you're not ready yet. Yeah. And you don't have that much experience. We won't put you at JV. So all my boys were playing varsity, and and that crushed me. Yeah. And then he goes, then he goes, hey, you know, we're gonna play you on varsity. You know, the third game. Uh, and he was a guy who just challenged me. And he, and he goes, you're gonna play a stand up D end at five foot nine, hundred and fifty pounds. <laughs> I, I had that Thurman Thomas, but yeah, I mean, yeah. it, it was just like. Norvell was just that guy for me, you know, the silver yeah. fox that yeah. um, he knew. And, and I had like two assignments. It's just like, go hard. Whoever has the ball, uh, go tackle him. <laughs> that was because I didn't know football. I only yeah, played yeah. my freshman year. But talk about some of the life lessons, because um, you mentioned some some all time greats. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, you Norvell, I mean, Coach Huey. He didn't. He was he was retired from football at the time. I think he might have been doing baseball, but I remember them biker yeah. shorts like it was yesterday. You know those bike, <laughs> the bike, those bike, the bike shorts. Yeah. yeah, the bike shorts, right? Yeah, anyone from the eighties or the early nineties. Yeah, I mean those guys were bike central, right? And he was yeah. such like he seemed like such a mean dude when I met him my freshman year, yeah. but they were so kind to me yeah. and so nurturing. But then Norvell would be so nice and joke around and cordial and all that, and he'll get on your ass in a minute, oh, right? So, so, and then, and then you brought up Evans Roderick. Talk about this whole mentorship that you are now, yeah, and how so much of that for a lot of us have come through our journey of the people who mentored us, yeah. And we may, and I didn't even realize it at the time, 
Yeah. Am I right or wrong, Roddy? No, right? no, you, I, you, you're, you I, I didn't it. even realize that the yeah. kind of lessons it is that those guys, you know, Roger calling me knucklehead and, yeah, and walking yeah. into the locker room starving and there was some peanut butter and jelly. You know, they just had the bread there and you had to take the knife and make your own peanut butter and jelly. But, you yeah. know, what I mean, all of those situations really mentored us and guided us to where we are today. Talk about no, some no, of those people, no, no. how, well, how I, they were a mentor funny for because you. It, when you say names, I can think of like specific things. So, so Coach Huey uh, did a lot. You know, my junior year, uh, like I said, I had a really successful year. So he helped with the recruiting process. So uh, I remember SMU was getting their uh, program back, and and they yeah, were yeah, big. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was getting a lot of schools here at that time. You know, the University of Oregon had a, a a white helmet, the letter O, with Donald Duck poking through it. You know, and I remember thinking like you know, like, how are you guys even the Pac-10 at that time? You know, yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, things have definitely have changed now. Uh, but Coach Huey really kind of helped with the recruiting process. When he like get, got let go, um, you know, I, I, I was going to miss him. And Norvell came in. And, uh, well, at this point, I feel like I'm the only returning player that was all league, all Inland Empire, all Valley. Like, you know, the newspapers are following me right now. And I remember we were like four or five games behind and I had uh, Claremont was like number one in the state. I had shut down, the, you know, I played corner receiver. So whoever the star receiver was, I was lining up on them. So not only was I trying to shut you down for the team purpose, but I'm trying to shut you down because I'm trying to lead the Valley in receiving. Yeah, yeah. So I, yeah, I, I yeah, felt yeah, like yeah. I had, you know, the Claremont uh, a receiver had one catch, I, uh, you know, went over to Chafee, their top guy. I think he only had one or two catches, you know. So, I, I mean, you know, I was being recruited for both. But Norvell wasn't putting my information in. So I, I kept getting to him. So one time I kind of got mad and exploded at him. He threw the papers. He said, if that's all you care about, you call the newspapers. This is a team sport. Yeah, 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 yeah. I knew, yeah, it. Yeah, I knew yeah. it right away because my dad had raised me. I mean, my Pop Warner team, I mean, we had Mazio Royster went on to the NFL. Claudius Wright ended up going on to the NFL. Marcus Royster. I mean, we, Derek Zadarstick, we had, I mean, talent all around me. And, and, you know, and I, I was just one of the players. I mean, there was great talent all the way around us, but my dad had always raised me as a team sport. And I knew that. And, and I think Norvell reminded me of that. This is a team sport. And, and I think I was leading into, it's about me. Mm. And, and then I got up like a lot of, a lot of 16, 17 year olds. It's my scholarship. Recruiters are coming to see me. I got to get these stats up. I got to, and I wasn't happy my junior year when we didn't make playoffs because with all my success and all my stats, it's hard to be happy on a bus ride home. You just lost oh, because yeah. you had a good game. So Norvell kind of humbled me and, and, and he, he checked me, you know, and, and uh, I remember he told me one time, you're lucky I let you on the field. You're barely an athlete. I, mean, I felt like, dang, but that's Gary Norvell. He would say those things, oh, yeah. man. <laughs> But, you know, he, he he chopped me down, reminded me it was a team sport. Evans Roderick uh, did a lot for me, though, for, mm. for mentoring. Knucklehead. For, he he loved first, that phrase. Oh, that you knucklehead. I eat these knuckleheads. If I say heel on the line, <laughs> it's your heel, not your toe. And, you know, but, um, you know, he first time I met him, I kept responding with, yeah. And he would say, yes. I was like, yeah. Yes. Like, yeah. Like, and I, he was like, the word is yes. Like, he had to tell me that. And, uh you know, I remember he told me one time uh, I was tutoring someone, the student got a C. And he said, that's the worst thing could happen for him to get a C. I said, what are you talking about? He passed a test. He said he didn't even make an effort. And now he thinks he doesn't have to make an effort yeah, to right. pass a test. Right. You know, it's those little things. And, and he did a lot to promote me academically. Uh, Bill Fisk, you know, no excuses, you know, on his hat, play hard, no excuses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but that, 
that mindset of no excuses, you know, I mean, again, that's a life lesson, you know, no excuses. Like, you know, who, who, who's in charge of your happiness? Who's in charge of your income? Who's in charge of your, yeah, we could talk about there. I'm not going to debate. Do we have certain things wrong, you know, in the community or country? That's all there. No excuses though. Like Fist doesn't want to hear. Ah, oh, coach, well, my car broke down. There are no excuses. You weren't here at practice. You lost out on a rep. You hit, the the hill. Stream. hit the hill. Hit the hill. Hit the hill. Magic Mountain. You know. Magic Mountain. So, uh, hey, by, by the way, let me tell you. When I became a coach, I used to use Magic Mountain, and because to me, climbing a mountain is like a life. So here's what I used to do with Magic Mountain. I, when I first went, I ran Magic Mountain so much. I used to, I used to do it on my own because I yeah, just yeah. wanted to build speed. So when I first started coaching, I, I would like we would do sprints and I said, I'm sprinting to the top. I'd run all the way up. I got to a point I could make that all the way to the top. You know, and, and yeah. for people for the, the viewers that don't know, like this is a hill that the incline was so high from the bottom. Yes. You couldn't see the top yeah, and then it would right. kind of go up and flatten up and then go up again. So even when you got on that little crown, you think you're there. Then you see the second yeah, half. You of the still hill got more to go. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I used to sprint up that. But here, here's what I would do. And it's, it's really it was a life lesson. Once I could get someone to the top, I said, if you could follow me to the top, I'm going to tell you the secret. And no one could get to the top. Mentally, they just weren't, couldn't get, couldn't get there. So every once in a while, I get one or two. I said, you know what the secret is? I said, what? I said, when you make it the second time, you'll know. So then they would maybe the second time. I said, the secret is, man, it's all in here. It's not your right. legs. It's convincing right. yourself to push through. But what I started to do was once I could get enough people to get up there, I said, here's what we're going to do now. Those that aren't making it, I need some, you know, to, to hear about it. One time I had 52 wide receivers at Mount Sac, 52, just the wide receivers. 52. Yeah, yeah. This, this is, I mean, in a 10 personnel, only four guys are on the field. I only need yeah, about yeah. eight total, right? 52 wide receivers. So I would, those that can make it all the way to the top. I need some of you guys go to the very bottom. You're there to discourage them. Tell the players to quit. As soon as you see them walking, quick, go home. You ain't gonna ever be a Mount Sally. You'll never be a Mountie. Go to search, go to Citrus, go to. I mean, I said, you do everything you can to get them to quit (laughs) and discourage them. And then middle of the hill, the middle of the hill, I said, you don't say a word. If they say something to you, you don't talk to them. You just sit there quietly. And then the ones that are almost at the top, you encourage them. You're almost there. Keep it going. We got it. We got it. We got it. Yeah, yeah. And sometimes like people are like, man, coach, my ride quit when we were yelling at them. I said, good. Then you don't need to be dependent on them. You, you, right. If you can't depend on them now, uh, you want them on the game time. Yeah. So right. what we would do is we would find out those that are going to quit when, it, when it's first to struggle. And to me, that's life. When you're first trying to climb the hill, you're going to have those haters. People told me, how are you going to try to go to college? You can't even read. Man, you're not big enough to play at USC. That's the bottom of my hill. That's yeah, me yeah. trying to climb up. all the haters. Yeah. Now, the next part is you got past the haters, but now you're on your own because no one's cheering you on and no one's discouraging you. That's the middle. That's once right. you almost get to the top, we're going to encourage you. Yeah. So once we start to get something to the top, here's the crazy thing. No one is able to do it until it was done. Remember when the four-minute mile was something? Yeah, no yeah, yeah, yeah. Out. And nobody really could impossible. do it until the first now, guy did yeah, it. Yeah, and yeah. now people could do it. It took about two, three seasons where I would run up there and I have about eight or nine that would make it the first time. Because they started to see that everyone else could. And I was yeah, like, now right. we got to find a bigger hill than Magic Mountain. Right. Because, right, okay, right, right. No, no one could do it until someone did. That's right. But I would use that mountain to teach life through football. And some of those kids never even got that. They never even had the opportunity to get that life lesson because they got discouraged when their muscles, when their body, when everything started getting tired and you had, you're never going to make it. And they just went to their car and quit. Like they never yeah, got that right. life lesson. 
But you know what? Only a few percent of the world is going to be successful. If you don't That's love right. and, and passion what you do, like, man, I, I, you know, like they, Kendrick Lamar, he, he writes lyrics all day. That's all he did. Tupac stayed in the lab. Dr. Dre stayed in the lab. You know, athletes, I, I used to throw a football a thousand times on my back, catch it with my right hand, a thousand times on my left, catch it with both, do it with two hands, catch it. That's 3,000 catches nonstop. I was doing that in high school. If you love what you do, you're going to grind. You're going to do it all the time. So I'm like, only a few percent are going to be successful. Now you got to figure out, are you the one that's going to quit when things go rough? You're going to quit when it's being quiet or right. you're going to get all the way to the top. And then you get to choose. And it was funny. Some of the people early, I want to be on the bottom of the hill. I want to be the one telling them they're never going to make it. But then they started to mature and they're like, no, I, I think I want to be at the, at the top. Where the encourager. Yeah, the yeah, up. yeah. But as, as seasons progress, I'm talking about, I'm saying maybe three seasons it was no longer a big deal to start from the bottom and run all the way to the top because it was so a cup everyone oh yeah we just run to the top of the hill okay yeah but before it used to be that's magic mountain that's life though that's life yeah yeah that mental game no that's awesome that's awesome and and, and in that let's talk experiences right so you you learn how to be amongst the best and a very top competitor at Ganesha. Let, let's start there. Yeah. How, how, how did that feel like? And then give the audience, especially the younger people watching, you already alluded to it, you know, a thousand times catching it with my left. Da, da. So so what did it take to experience being like? Because for us, you know, it's all San Gabriel Valley. Yeah. I mean, all league is cool, right? Yeah. Which I only made all league. Yeah. I never was like my boys, my boys and, and you and you guys have made all San Gabriel Valley. So that means yeah. you make all league, all CIF, then yeah. you make all valley. Right. Yeah. And all valley in our valley is pretty big because oh, yeah. you got Fontana, you got Edwanda, Rancho Cucamonga. You got back in our days was Eisenhower. like Eisenhower. Um, uh, yeah. Ike Mob, Eisenhower, yeah. Chino. And then we Michael also Coach had, Munger. you know, Bishop Amont. We had Diamond oh, yeah. Moore High School. Yeah. Right. You yeah. know, we had those. So when you make all San Gabriel Valley. So talk about that, the achievement of that and then also team achievement and what it took to do that at, at the high school level. You know, it, it, my popcorn team, like I said, was so loaded with talent that, I mean, I I, I was a starter, but I mean, Maisie Royster was our star. Yeah, yeah, Marcus yeah. Marcus Royster was our star. Claudius, you know, I mean, we, you know, Brian Harmon, our quarterback, who ended up going on to Redlands and, and, and won a CRF championship, Bishop Lamont. Um, so when I got to high school, my freshman year, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, the little white guy out there. Like, who's the yeah, little yeah. white guy playing receiver and corner, you know? And, uh, uh, you know, they used to call me white receiver instead of wide receiver. Yeah, yeah. And I remember I got a, a number 82 my freshman year. I was like, 80, that's an ugly number. But, you know, <laughs> I guess there's Mike Renfro, I think, was, a, you know, our, our freshman coach, a Cowboys fan. That was the only wide wide receiver he could think of. But um, I remember there was one game where they threw a ball and I was between double coverage and that thing, you know, sailed over. And, and again, like I used to, you know, to play catch by myself all the time. But I came down between two guys and, and, and scored. I remember the other receiver came running over and said, you're trying to be like me now. You're trying to be like me. And in my mind, I'm like, man, you haven't made this catch one time, you know. <laughs> but that was our freshman year. But I didn't even get a, I didn't even get to finish the school. I didn't even get to finish my freshman season. So right. in my sophomore year, I was academically ineligible. So I tried to go out and be like, hey, can I practice until my grades come up? They're like, nah, you, you, you know, you know. 
So I didn't even get to play my sophomore year. So my junior year, no one, no one really remembers me. No one knows me. And here I am again. Like, who's this little white wide receiver out here? And uh, I had Dottie, man. Uh, you know, Willie Warren was, you know, I mean, let's just be real. If you got two wide receivers, you got a, you got Dottie, who's a track star, African-American track star, and you got a white guy. Even I'm as a white court, like, oh, the white guy, you know. <laughs> so poor Dottie, man. I got, I feel like all my stats come because they were bracketing Dottie. He double yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, they, 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 man, he, he's a senior. He's a track guy. We know him. So, um, you know, a lot of that success as they came, it was weird because I was never the, 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 the Pop Warner success. You know, there was much better guys than me. But that year, I remember uh, Derek Zadarstick, him and I were one and two, and he had like 0.1 yards per catch more than I did, and he was at Bishop Amont. But, like, that was my teammate I was competing with. And then his quarterback was Brian Harmon. That was my teammate in Pop Warner. So, you know, uh, uh, you know, with, with my, when my friends went to Dynamo High, you know, those, those were my teammates in Pop Warner. So, you know, it was constantly a compete with them. and. Um, I really didn't know how to handle, you know, in high school that that kind of, you know, uh, uh, you know, there was no social media back then. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, you know, having college recruiters uh, call me and call my house and and you know come to the school and visit. Um, I, I mean, honestly, I, I you know I verbal to Colorado. That's where I was going to go out of high school, but I, I just didn't have the academics. I didn't have the 2.0, but I wasn't ready mentally, and. Um, it, it was just, uh, it was cool reading, you know, reading and seeing your, your name in the paper. Uh, I just couldn't handle it. I, I just mm -hmm. didn't know how to. And, um, you know, I, I felt like, you know, looking back now, I, I remember I was at my Montclair uh, apartment uh, watching Colorado uh, be Notre Dame and win a national championship. I'm like, man, there's oh, that was with Eric Bienemy and those guys. Eric huh? Bienemy, JJ Flanagan. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, you know, I, I remember just watching it and I didn't say anything to anyone, but I thought like, man, that, I thought could have been me. me. Yeah. yeah. And that, and that, but that starts the process of like what happened, you know? And uh, the funny thing is I was working at a, uh, ironically, it was a Joyco hair product. Uh, I was, you know, checking in <laughs> trucks. One of my jobs, I read, I remember reading an article on Scott Fields from Bishop Amont going to USC. And I was like, man, that's when I was just starting to come back to, to Mount Sac and like, man, what if I could play football again? The coaches were talking to me and, and how, how great is it that this, this young man from Bishop Amon is going to go and be a part of the great traditions of USC. And, and then just a couple of years later, Scott Fields and I are, are teammates, you know, I mean, yeah, I yeah. was checking in trucks in a warehouse, reading about him in a newspaper in the LA Times. And a couple of years later, we're teammates. So um, I feel like coming out of high school, I wasn't academically, I was not ready to, to go to college, but I, I wasn't uh, mentally as well. Um, you know, I, I, I was still going through some things and, and just, um, you know, I, I'm blessed to have waited. I, I always grew up a USC fan. Um, so I was very fortunate because the way it worked out, I, I got to be a part of a program that I grew up as a kid, just wanting to be a part of. So, um, you know, it, it's tough. You know, I remember talking to Brandon Sermons um, when he was going through his recruiting process and Brandon's uh, brother, uh, Rodney Sermons, and I were teammates at USC. And Brandon's being recruited, you know, it was like, a, you know, UCLA and Washington. He was kind of back and forth, which one he wants to go to. And he, you know, a national recruit. And I think Boise State came through and, you know, offered him. And, and um, but Brandon said, man, this, 
you know, like recruiting process starts off fine, but at the end, you only get to pick one school. You build a lot of relationships. And I remember like, you know, we sat at the Islands restaurant in Chino Hills, kind of doing like a, a pros and cons of each school, and which one he would go to. And I, I remember we called Osar Rashawn, um, you know, who at the time was, you know, at UCLA and, and uh, you know, getting his input. And I remember like Brandon said, man, recruiting was fun. In other words, it was, it was getting real. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, a lot of people want that big national intention D1 offer, but you, you're talking about 17-year-old kids. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah, you real know? talk. And, and, yeah, and they're signing a contract that, you know, I, I'm signing that I'll go play for you four or five years. And, you know, the school and the coaches have an advantage on because, you know, they could change their mind in a year. And it, it, it's, it's, you know, you're talking about a 17-year-old signing and being recruited by programs that are generating millions or a NCAA that's worth billions. So, um, you know, it, it, it gets real, real fast. And then, so, I mean, and then name some of the players you played with while you at, at USC. Oh, you mean my teammates, my teammates. Cause the guys I play with, no one would know, but my teammates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. I mean, you know, uh, Keyshawn Johnson would be the big one. I mean, number one yeah. overall draft I mean, he, he's, he's on first take all the time yeah. now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then, so like you and Keyshawn, you win a Cotton Bowl championship and a freaking Rose Bowl championship. Yeah, yeah, so you yeah. go from working and reading about some cat in the papers. You got two kids, you're married, you're trying to figure things out. I mean, yeah. it's just like you're building this plane that flies, but you're still missing a freaking yeah. a wing, and, right? And, and I didn't know that I had actually built a jet. Yeah, yeah, you know, and then you like, land at yeah. SC, and yeah. it's like you and Keyshawn out there playing wide yeah. receiver. Yeah. Talk about how that feels like, Ron. Um, I mean, it, it's funny when uh, uh, you know, you're there and you you hear about some people. You know, you read about on the paper. I mean, USC, you got the highest profile athletes in Southern California there. And then yep. we had some recruits. That we you know we landed a couple from out of state. That was big news. Um, as a, as a child growing up, I mean, my first memory of a USC running back was Ricky Bale and then Charles White and then Marcus Allen. Yeah, Marcus and Charles um, White. You know, and, and Charles White was, matter of fact, the first time I met Marcus Allen, he was the fullback for Charles White. I, I shook <laughs> yeah, his yeah. hand like, yeah, 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 you're Marcus Allen. I get it. Get out of my way. I'm trying to get to Charles White. You know, yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. You're, the, you're, you're, you're 33. I get it. You're the fullback. I'm trying to get to the Heisman Trophy. Winner, yeah, you know, yeah. so I, I as a young kid, I actually big time Marcus Allen because I wanted to go meet Charles White. Charles White was the running back coach. So here I am with John Robinson, who I had watched. You know, I remember John Robinson left USC, went to the Rams, took him to the yeah, NFC yeah. Championship. Came back, you know, yeah. that that the 86 Bears, you know, the, the you know, the 85 Bears win the 86 Super Bowl. You know, the 85 Bears played the Rams in the NFC Championship at Soldier Field. John right. Robinson was the coach. So I grew up watching John Robinson at USC. I grew up watching him now in the NFL. And now I'm like, John Robinson's my head coach. John Robinson knows my name. He's talking to me. And then I'm like, there's Charles White as a kid in the street. I mean, Walter Payton was my all-time favorite player. But, you know, like Charles White was someone that, you know, I had the, you know, the little Charles White, you know, the the wide mesh 80s jersey shimmo, you know, number yeah, two. Yeah. But, I mean, now there's Charles White. And I look over, there's, there's Dennis Thurman, the, the Cowboys. To me, Dennis Thurman was like an earlier version of prime time. You know, yeah, he, he, time, was, yeah. he, he was a great DB that could that could pick it and take it to the house. I'm like, there's Dion, you know, I mean, Dion, there, you know, there's Dennis Thurman. That's, I mean, you know, Rod Marinelli was our D-line coach, you know, yeah. later on, you know, I mean, he came in, he was already legendary. We had a, a um, I mean, just 
you know, to have a, and this is all going on during the OJ trial. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, you know, but, you know, but there was times, like, I remember we had Ronnie Lott come out and talk to us, and I'm sitting on one knee, and every time he turned around, I kept looking at how small his calves were. I'm like, man, this guy was a beast. (laughs) Like, how is his calves so small? Like, I've seen, and then, of course, everyone wants to see his finger that he, you know, he sacrificed for the game of football. But there was so many times, and, and the thing is, it's it's I, I have since then. There's sometimes like my wife and I, we were at the Hollywood Bowl the other night, and you know we 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 were going to chaperone, taking students to the Hollywood Bowl. You know, last week we took students to a Dodgers game, but here we are at the Hollywood Bowl. I told my wife, like, man, like it, it was like when I was at SC. There's just a couple times you look around, like, how how did this happen? How did we yeah. get here? Yeah, and um, you know, but. It, it's good that there's moments like that because there's 99% of the time it's the head down and grinding. It's like, yeah, it's yeah. like running that hill. You know, you could look all day and then sh- I can't even see my where I'm supposed to finish and that's going to discourage you, you know, or you could look at it and it don't matter how, you know, it's so far when you run, you're like, I'm not even getting closer. Most of the time you got to have your head down and grinding. You poke up just a little bit just to see that you're taking the right path still. And that's been my life. But there was times at USC uh, uh, when we were in the Cotton Bowl Jim Hill, the, the who do you guys play in the announcer. Cotton Bowl? Who'd you guys Texas play? Texas Tech. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Zach Thomas, the All American. Oh. So here's the thing: like if someone if someone has that game, so here's end of the game. I finally get to play, right? So I'm convincing Matt Koffler, who you know, he, him and I are in the game. So you know, it, it, the game has won. You know, we're supposed to run the clock out, and the whole time I'm telling Matt, "Hey, throw a fade, hit me on a fade." No, we'll get in trouble. Like what they could do is the end of the year, like. Yeah, yeah. On a you know, I tried, tried to, I know we're supposed to run the clock out, but everyone in the, everyone in the stadium knows we're going to run the ball and run the clock out. No one's going to expect the fade. But anyways, uh, there was a play I'm going to have to crack down. And uh, I, I see, you know, I yell, alert blitz, alert blitz. So I'm going next level. Well, that's going to be Zach Thomas. Well, he was an All-American. We all knew. Oh, Zach was so, a short I, hey, little brick yeah. house, right? Brick, so Coach brick V, neck. in my mind, I'm about, to, I'm about to ear hole Zach Thomas. This is going to be done and not, done and not, right? Yeah, 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 I'm yeah, like, yeah. it's going to be on Sports Center. Man, I ran, and the faster I was going, the closer I get. I remember just hitting him and feeling my eyes open. So I had obviously closed my eyes when I hit him, and I thought for sure he'd be on his back. He did one of these to me, like, uh-uh-uh. So, you know, when you're playing in a big arena, when you walk back, you could watch the play on the, the oh, big screen. On the big screen, yeah. And he, like, read the play, read the play, saw me, shrugged me with an arm, and then I could see him do this when they cut it. I said, oh, I thought I thought that was going to be my moment of glory, knocking Zach Thomas out. But uh, and, and then who did you guys play in the Rose Bowl? That Zach Western. Thomas is a beast. Played oh, with Zach Thomas Dolphins was. He, yeah, over, he, he great, played great with year, Dolphins yeah. forever. Yeah. And who did you guys is, play in the Rose Bowl? And, and, after the Cotton Bowl, actually, John Robinson said, that linebacker is good. He's going to the NFL. Rose yeah. Bowl, we beat Northwestern. Oh. And uh, that's that's the Cinderella year they had. We thought we yeah. were going to play Ohio State. And, um, and uh, we you know, they, they, they lost. I think Michigan beat them at the end. And so Northwestern and them had the same record. And Northwestern had been a while. So Northwestern Cinderella season, we, we play uh, – we, we play Northwestern. And uh, I remember uh, the day before the game, John Robinson, Charles White. I mean, John Robinson is one of the greatest speakers I ever heard. I mean, he, he would get you pumped up to go to just practice. Yeah, yeah. But he 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 walked us down the field and described play by play uh, of the Rose Bowl that Charles White was in, and we were on the one. He said right here, you know, Charles, you know, young Charlie White jumps over the top and scored a touchdown. And I've seen the play so many times in the highlight reel, I knew exactly what it was. 
And uh, John Robinson, you know, by this time, everyone circled up. He said, you're going to lose the watch they gave you. We're going to win the ring and you're going to lose that ring, but you will never forget the memory of winning a Rose Bowl. And, and uh, man, that was it. Like it, it you know, um, Keith Jackson, the Rose Bowl, the granddaddy of them all. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and, and, you know, it's funny, like I, I don't wear the ring. It's so big and uncomfortable. Every once in a while, I'll put it on and, like, oh, man, you weren't even a starter in that game. I said, look, that, that's where I truly understand it's a team. This is why I say you go to a Hollywood movie, not everyone's the main actor, producer, that's writer, right. director. It that's takes right. a lot of people to make it successful. But I could tell you I wore that number nine jersey for Northwestern all week, and I ran my butt off for them, and I was getting our defense ready. And, you know, uh, you know, we we're on a pump block and, uh, you know, a couple little things here and there. But for the most part, like everyone who was a part of that program, I don't care if it was the trainer, I don't care if it was the uh, – the GAs, the coaches, the starters, the non-starters, everyone contributed to the success of that program. And that's that's life when you could surround yourself. I mean, some of the athletes that I've been around, the success that I've had both with football and softball, I've been blessed to be around just great people who have a great mm. drive. And I say this all the time, like, you know, if I'm going to start a brand new school, I'm starting with teachers. And I'm going to find those that have that same passion with me. If you're going to start a business up, you're going to start a company up. You got to find people that are just like you that like, look, this is what I do 24 seven. What's your hobby? This is it. This is, this is my hobby. This <laughs> right. is my career. Just this is my love. Dude. This is it. This I is live. what I do. Yeah. This is me. Yeah. And, and I, and I really say uh, a teacher is more uh, uh, who we are than what we are. It's, it's, mm. it's deep down in here. So, you know, I think like someone that's passionate about whatever they do, it's more of who they are than what they are. Man, that's awesome. Yeah. We, we just we just threw the entire Coach V show outline out and we just started <laughs> jam sessions. So let, let's get to this talk because I do want to get to this. So what is what what is Roddy Layton's message to the world? Man, learn learn how to serve each other. Say that learn again. How to serve, learn Say how to that. Serve learn each how other. to Man, serve we, we, each other. We forgot other. how to do that. You know, uh, if we could learn how to serve each other better, I mean, there's only you know you know and. and and again, I, I have family and friends from many faiths, but, you know, uh, you know, it doesn't matter which messenger you want to believe in. The message is always the same. It's knowing how to serve. And um, if I could get everyone to serve each other better and treat each other better, and, uh, you know, we, we might, I mean, I, I'm not going to agree with everything my mom or my wife says politically or religiously or whatever. I mean, it doesn't mean we can't love each other. It doesn't mean I can't mm. still serve and honor. I mean, you know, uh, you know, every day at school, you know, and some days I'm in a suit. Um, I, I'll, I'll, I'll tell the students, hey, you done with that? Let me tell you. Oh, we got to say, no, you guys enjoy. Like, I, I mean, I get pleasure out of serving the students to make sure they're having their best experience. Um, and in the world, man, like I, you know, I mean, I just think if we learn to serve each other better, know that we're here for each other, um, you know, uh, you know, a good friend of mine, Tim Noyes, I've known him, you know, since childhood. And, and uh, it's funny, here I was a little kid. He's like, you ever been, I'm spinning out of his house. You ever been saved? <laughs> and uh, as a young kid, he was saving me. He, he went on, he's, he's going to retire soon. He's one of the, the chiefs uh, of the highway patrol in the entire state. But I remember as a kid, he told me to find true joy in life, you know, and this is mm -hmm. around Christmas time. Uh, uh, he said, you, you learn how to serve Jesus, others, then you. And that's the acronym. And... Um, you know, I, I just feel like uh, there's been a lot of my life where I feel like it's been about me. And once I learned to push away from that, I, I got to a point at Diamond Ranch, 
where I was like, man, they would say Roddy's Panthers or Layton's Panthers or Layton's team. And I'm like, man, I don't want that title anymore. This shouldn't be about me. This is, this is about the players. This is about the boosters. This is about our quality control. Uh, you know, we never said water girls, they were quality control, you know, right, right. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. It, it was about everyone else. And, and I think just with maturity, I, I, I started to realize like, it's not about me. It's about someone else. So. No, I love that. I love that. In that, what is what are the projects right now that we should be looking out for, and how do people get a hold of you? Um, well, we're you know I'm still continuing the 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 Roddy's Reader. This is a program. You know, uh, a lot of our children right here in the city of Pomona, we're one of the hardest hit cities in you know in, in the county, of LA County. Um, and a lot of our, our young students didn't have access to the libraries inside the schools, didn't have access to the Pomona Library, and they wanted to read. So uh, uh, Emmett Terrell, who was my elementary principal, has been mentoring me for 40 years. Uh, you know, I was buying books on my own so you know, we could have students read. And he connected me with someone who connected me with another one. And, and I started working with the organization. And, and then we really try to uh, connect to our students who have a passion about reading and building home libraries. So that, that's a project, my four pillars. You know, the four pillars, this is the mm -hmm. school. I said, put, put your, you're the thumb. So if I'm giving you a thumbs up, that's like, hey, I believe in you, but put yourself in the school and we got a four. So, you know, it's a leadership. We're, we're leaders on and off field, in and out of the classroom, uh, in and out of the school, you know, character. If you got to use this, you know, this kind of language towards the people around you or towards your school or anything else, you're not showing your best character. The ring finger is knowledge. We're always searching for knowledge, uh, always trying to, you know, be self uh, and student learners for life. And then our pinky is community. Um, you know, we want to support the community that supports us. So really what I'm saying is like, we're always going to be good leaders with great character and search of knowledge that embraces our community. And once we do that, we're a mighty fist. So mm -hmm. our four pillars, once you embrace it, we're a mighty fist. And that's how we're going to become powerful as a community, as a culture, as a society. Um, so I, I still try to uh, work with that, uh, uh, with our students. Um, I have reclaimed the six P's of Pomona, which are stamped on our city hall, which are stamped uh, uh, on, on our street signs that, you know, the street life's trying to take. Um, but, you know, the six P's I'm trying to implement, uh, you know, district wide, uh, run a program where we could have all our students from Pomona Unified um, be involved in some type of athletic supports program, mentoring, uh, working with Charles Brown, one of the, you know, Coach V's guests. We'll get, we'll get uh, Anthony Rice involved sooner or later. He's one of Another Coach V guest. Yeah, I another see you guys. Come on, boys. Let's uh, go. Both of us are being mentored by Rocky Sato. That's our Bible club on Wednesday. Another one. And we got to get Osar Rashawn, one of the newest uh, uh, Chick-fil-A owners, uh, former UCLA Shout out player. to Osar for that. Shout out yeah. to Osar yeah, for yeah, that. he's doing big things. So, uh, but we're, we're, you know, the six P's of practice like a champ. It's easy to do it on a Friday night to go out there and pretend like you're a champ, practice like a champ, uh, play as a team, you know, the man to the left, man to the right, everybody or nobody. Um, you know, we want to see progress from beginning of season to the end of season, from season to season. Uh, we want to perform on and off the field or on and on the court, uh, in, in and out of the classroom, uh, playoffs. There is a scoreboard in high school, so we want to be able to get to the playoffs. And the last P is do it the Pomona way. We want to do it with hard work, grind, and sportsmanship, you know, finish with class. So uh, that's a project right now. I'm going to try to embrace all, all four of the traditional high schools in Pomona Unified together uh, where we can have, you know, run the, you know, like the NFL youth camps that we used to run. Delaney Walker was running his, still doing it at Pomona High. Charles Brown was doing it at Diamond Ranch. Um, you know, we, we've had Coach V come out and speak to, you know, 500 people. 
Um, you know, you're, you're very motivating, uplifting. Everyone always remembers you. I feel like we put in two days of work. You come in for 30 minutes and steal the show, but you know, that's <laughs> why we have you there. Oh man. And, uh, but this way it's benefiting our students. And at the same time, send the message that, you know, we're, we're here to serve others. So, um, you know, those are the big projects. And then, you know, I got individual school projects, but we don't got that much time coach. We, we, we've been here for almost an hour. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. So we got about three minutes left. What about shout outs? Uh, well, first and foremost, you know, I, I, you know, well, God, but you know, everyone says that, but you know, my wife, uh, my wife, Anna, you know, like I said, she's, she's my best friend. Um, you know, we talk about iron sharpens iron. I mean, she's the one that told me, go back to school, you know, now go get your teacher credential. Now go get your master's, go get your administrator credential. I mean, she's the one that was like, we're going to move out of Pomona. You know, I was like, we got a, we got a corner house. I know we're renting it, but, but it was nice. I was content. Yeah. 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 And, yeah. And she is the one to push. And then, uh, you know, my, 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 my children, Echo and Ty, my daughter, I married Gus Vita Montez, one of our hall of fame, you know, my, my quarterback, I always joke that, you know, I bring the quarterback home cause he's hungry. Next thing you know, my daughter's pregnant, you know, we always <laughs> joke about that, but, you know, and then my grandson's Dash and Jacks, and then my son and his fiance, Lauren, um, you know, like that, that, you know, that that's our centerpiece. And like I said, I've had a lot of family support, um, you know, and a lot of mentoring, you know, uh, uh, there's a curve, like I mentioned, the Emmett Trail, the Evan Roderick, um, people that I might not even talk to every day that, that still have an influence on me. You know, I, I really get inspiration uh, everywhere. You know, we, you know, to, to, took the students, you know, we took 300, took 550 students to a Dodger game. 300 were from Gary, 250 from Ganesha. And uh, one of the young ladies said her, her her dad was a huge Fernando Valenzuela fan and he came to this country. I always wanted to go to a Dodger game and couldn't afford it. And, uh, you know, he told her me how to just film everything. Like she was getting an opportunity, you know, his hard work, he hasn't had the opportunity yet, but his children now have. And, uh, you know, that's an inspiration to me. So even, even those, I would give a shout out to that young girl and I don't even remember her name, but, uh, right. you know, and of course, let me give a shout out to you coach, because, you know, you inspire so many people and, and uh, you know, the businesses, I know why they bring you in because you do a great job getting people to zero in. Uh, but people don't understand that you grind and you work and, you, and, and you, know, you, you know, I love seeing the pictures of your family because you somehow balance the family life too. But there's a lot of things that you have been doing just on the sides and you don't even try to get the credit for. Um, and it's because you've learned to serve as well. So, uh, you know, like I said, every time I talk to you, man, I, I just, I always, I feel inspired, you know, so. And I, you as well. Well, that's our time here on the Coach V Show, uh, but I'll still give you, uh, let, let's get you 35 seconds to 45 seconds. What is the final, final word from Roddy Layton on the Coach V Show? <laughs> man, I don't know I do at 35, 45. Like I said, let's learn to serve each other. Uh, learn to hate someone. I know that sounds crazy, but, you know, even the most evil people you don't like or something else, when you get to know them, you say, you know what, now that I understand them, they weren't really evil. They were just maybe hurt as a child or something else, but they're still good. And uh, it's very difficult to learn to hate someone. Once you get to know someone, you'll find good in them. Look for good, and you'll find the good. Sometimes if they got more bad than good, bring that good out of them. We're here to serve and inspire. So, um, you know, find the good in someone and then make it great. I love that. Thank you so much. 
And to the audience that's usually uh, used to a certain outline, once Roddy started speaking, I'm like, man, we're just going to flow with this. So thank you so much for continuing to tune in. Whatever platform it is that you are, whether on YouTube, please subscribe to the channel. You can catch us here on Facebook Live every single Mono Motivation Monday and on the Dash Radio app. Just click Island City and you can tune in to us every Mono Motivation Monday. So for Roddy and I, here's something to think about. It's just not for the sake of achievement and success that you tune in here, but really for the sake of being your best. In doing so, you realize the best of your abilities and that everything and anything that you dream and work for can be achieved. This is how Mr. Roddy Layton, principal at, Gane- at Gary High School, yeah, I'm going to say Ganesha, at Gary High School, and, and your boy, Coach V, lives all about faith and family. Grateful for God's amazing grace. Until next time, thank you so much for everybody for tuning in and our guests Mr. Roddy Layton for joining in. Until next Mono Motivation Monday, one love and God bless from right here on the Coach V Show where iron sharpens iron. Together we rise. Peace.